Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining in this morning with the Back Row Believers podcast. This is episode number four, uh, where Noah and I will be discussing uh, whether or not church denominations are biblical. Um, And so, in addition to that, we discussed the previous week's week-long fast without uh, media. So, uh, listen in as we discuss the struggles of that, uh, and then discuss a little bit about church denominations. Thanks for joining. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, man. How long has this week been for you? Pretty long. (laughs) It's been a long week. I've been to this podcast more than probably any of the other ones. I know. I was like, let's do this thing at four in the morning and be done with it. <laughs> then I can go start watching The Tiger King again. <laughs> I can turn on my Joe Rogan. <laughs> it is sad. I was kind of just thinking, I was like, I'm going to, after we finish this, I'm going to do some stretches and watch Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So Joe Rogan, it's really funny because it reminds me of a food fast. Of all right, so <laughs> it's been however long, and you're thinking about your first meal, right? You're thinking about what am I gonna break this fast with? And I'm like, am I gonna go hit up some Chick fil A? Am I gonna go, you know, what kind of horrible, stanky food am I gonna get? And that's exactly the way I'm thinking about the media. I'm like, what stupid, dumb show am I gonna go watch first? <laughs> What's the equivalent of a Big Mac for TV? And I'm like, I could watch Tiger yeah. King. Tiger King is about what, even though I've already seen it, it's it's up there. But man, I, I tell you what, the, the the week of media fast was eye opening. I think in a lot of ways, I I think it went overall like I was. I thought it went really well. I thought it was a good thing, a good experience. Um, I think it helped me focus in a lot. And essentially out of, if nothing else, I was like, there's nothing else to do. I might as well go read scripture. Like I really tried to to not read other books or anything just because I was like, I'm going to just try to, I basically just started through and just kept chugging through Genesis. Um, so I think it was really good. Um, for that reason, I had a lot more quality time with my wife, like a lot more time just talking and uh, eating. Our, normally, we like watch The Office or whatever while we're eating food. And we just would sit outside and chat and stuff. So I think it was really good. It was also really hard. And I think I started realizing like the magnitude of the problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, same. So. Just saying, so I think the first half of the week, I still struggling to like just replace media with productivity. Yeah, <laughs> not the goal. I did better the second half in general. Um, started reading through Acts, and that's going well. And then I watched. I did watch a decent amount of like sermons and a couple of good Christian documentaries. I really like the "Don't Waste Your Life" sentence. Yeah, that was super good. And then I didn't send you this, but. Brenna's brother sent us a movie. It's called Free Free Burma Rangers. It's uh, about these uh, missionaries that essentially get 
civilians out of like dangerous war situations. Yes, yeah, I've seen that. Or I've not, I haven't seen it. I've heard of those guys. Yeah, so that was really good and convicting about not wasting your life. Mm. And it kind of just helps you remember like the things that we really care about here, such as media, really don't matter. And yeah, a giant portion of the world lives without it completely happily. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that was the. I don't know. It's like, hey, okay, I can live without this, and it's really not that, not that horrible, right? It's like, okay, I can get used to this. Like, if you were like, hey, Stephen, we've we've taken away uh, your ability to consume your life, I'd be like, ooh, okay, you know, a y b, <laughs> I think I'll survive, right? Uh, I don't. It, it wouldn't be like losing her leg, I guess. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, too, I'm like, I could definitely feel the draw of like, oh man, I really want to go watch this or play video games or do whatever. And I don't know, man. I realize I'm just like, so remember in the documentary from uh, Don't Waste Your Life Sentence? Yeah. One guy's talking about, it, he's like, we don't have time to play, basically. It's like, we're not. We're not playing. We don't have time for it. I was like, dang, dude, that's kind of, that kind of sits with me on, like, this media stuff. Is like, I like to think of it as, like, oh, man, like, it's not really a big deal. Um, you know, it's everybody, you know, watches Netflix and, the, you know, plays video games. It's, it's not a bad thing. And I'm like, dude, I think the level at which I consume it is a bad thing. Like, I, I think it's like anything else, like, with alcohol or anything else where it's like, I think – I've gotten I'd gotten to a level where I'm like, ooh, that's that's not healthy because I'm taking away time from my wife and I'm taking away time certainly from spending time with God and I was like, ooh, because I'm like, this is way different in my life than it probably should be. It shouldn't be that different if we turn off media for a week, but I'm like, this is like a stark contrast, you know? No. What? So it was because I got good quality time with Brenna. And I think I had a good quality time with their parents. And it was funny because, like, everyone was, like, happy. So, like, we – their parents still watch some TV, so I got some secondhand media from that. <laughs> but um, Watch secondhand. Like, Fox News and Hurricanes hockey games or reruns of Hurricanes oh, hockey games. confession, I also, uh, like, definitely pulled up, like, Fox News and CNN and NPR, like, quite a few times on my phone. In addition to the Google's Twitter. Yeah. I didn't watch the news except for their secondhand, but I did, like, read news articles. I don't feel like Yeah, really... I, I was like, I think this is equally, equally dirty, but there was a few times where I was like, I don't care. I'm so read CNN right now. Yeah, I mean, especially in this situation, it's kind of nice to know what's going on a little bit. Yeah, and, but but it's so unnecessary. Like, every time I read it, I'm going, I'd be like, this is stupid. Why did I do this? Yeah, the problem is if you read, like, 15 news articles afterwards, it's kind of yes. like the rabbit hole I found myself in. That's... One's all you need, probably. That's right. Also, I'm so tired of seeing freaking hand sanitizer ads. I'm like, this should be illegal. Like, so, <laughs> I mean, have you seen them? Are you seeing I haven't them? seen any. Every single website I'm on is like showing hand sanitizer ads. It's probably because I clicked on them one time because I was just so shocked that they were doing it. I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. The one thing I like, I realized the most from this is that I think the biggest media effect negative effect on me is music i didn't realize like how not great a lot of the music i was listening to was 
That's a good point. I was like, my I, my mind's in a lot better place when I'm not listening to stuff like that. Uh, I'm with you. I I really am because a I do not. I would say like before this week, if you're like let's just say two weeks ago, how much I listen to worship music, I would be like zero, like zero percent outside of church. This week, I was just like, well, I guess I listen to worship music <laughs> while I'm you know like working on my motorcycle and stuff. And I was like, dang man, like. This this is starting to do stuff in my heart. I'm starting to kind of uh, enjoy the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it really just kind of started clicking. And it wasn't. It didn't you know, stay that way of like, oh my gosh, I'm just perfectly into worship music all the time now. But it definitely kind of started trickling in my heart. I feel like I feel like my heart was softened a little bit by this by getting rid of a lot of the distractions I have. You know. Yeah. And I think it. I think it turned down the volume of everything else and helped me. Helped me just kind of hear a little bit more about like what do I like. Oh, so my confession was, um, so on Monday night, uh, Brenda wanted to watch this like Christian couple talk about like pursuing the Lord in your relationship. I was like, yeah, we can watch that. So we watched it, and then I ended up watching. I just like. It was funny because I was like, these, I would never watch these videos if I wasn't doing a media fast. I ended up watching like 15 of their videos. <laughs> and I was like, these are so dumb. And I, there's absolutely no chance I would watch this in a normal situation. But I'm just like starved for <laughs> some kind of screen time. <laughs> so wait, so what were the videos about? Christian couples? Is this this Christian couple that essentially has a vlog. So I was like, I was, like a couple, the first couple I watched were like, how to have like a healthy relationship, like a Christian relationship with your girlfriend and stuff like that. And the first few were like actually insightful and maybe helpful. And then it got to like, look at our beach vacation from 2016. I'm like, <laughs> but you're like, like I don't, this, this is no longer a Christian influence. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know that's that's got to be basically the same audience that we have. Is basically anyone who's like, oh, I've given up any non-Christian media. No, but this <laughs> technically media, I would never listen to this podcast if I had my, you know, brothers. But I'll listen just to have something in my ears. So what you're saying, we really need to um, push this media fast thing to grow our podcast. Well, think about it. It just removes a lot of the opportunity costs that are that our listeners are having to decide between. I hate to break it to you, even if they were only listening to Christian podcasts, it's a lot better than us out there. Hey, shout out to Anthony if you're listening for being here. Melissa, maybe. Maybe. Everyone else is a maybe. Yeah, everyone else is a maybe. Anthony's the only one I feel confident out there listening. Well, only, he he's only listening because he can't play basketball anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. Brutal. And, you know, Joe Rogan, if you're listening, big fans. <laughs> Tiger King, if you're out there, <laughs> big fans. A lot of, I learned a lot of card games this week. I wor- We worked on puzzles. Uh, we didn't really do any board games. We didn't really have any good ones. We read a lot. We set up the Enos outside. We read chatted we talked that was weird i don't know that's new <laughs> so this is it was overall it was really good the i think the hard part the, okay i'll tell you the problem with all this no i'll just tell you is okay 
Now, how do I say, okay, that was a good break, but now I need to go back to consuming media because there's obviously a, what's my Christian justification? How can I do mental gymnastics to say it's good for my walk with Christ that I'm going to go and resume media consumption at or above the levels I said before? Help me do that because I'm like, I really want to. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is a problem. How can I justify this to myself? I mean, I think we, I don't think we need to come to that stance that we should never watch or consume media. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't the purpose of this. But I mean, I think it does. I think it would be useful to have a inner conversation with ourselves about what needs to change in our media consumption. That's fine. I can, okay, that's a good idea because I can do an inner conversation without changing any of my behaviors. So that's what about the inner conversation and change. No. <laughs> it's okay. You can take a year to take like write out your action item plan and Yes, okay, okay. Do that's your cool. construction and then we'll issue like, we'll issue it for construction in about three months. I'll be like, I'm really praying about my media consumption levels. Uh but in the meantime I'm wide open. <laughs> That's that one thing. It's like the Free Burma documentary. He talks about how he ended up in Burma. And he's like, yeah, so this guy called me, told me there's a need. And I was like, okay, I'll worry about it now. And essentially, 30 minutes later, he's like, yeah, I'm going. And I was like, that's the kind of thing. I'd be like, I need to worry about this for about a year. And then we'll start thinking about it. Yeah. This guy's like, no, we're going to pray about it once. And yep, we're doing it. Yeah. Let me pray about it now. I'm not saying it's like how you need to operate inherently. But it is convicting in the sense. Because it's definitely like, I think we use like pray as a... Oh, yeah. Let me go think about my own wisdom on the situation. Not actually really pray about this. In the Christian world, let me pray about it. It's basically a, no, I will not give you money for your mission funding that you're trying to raise. Uh, But I'm not going to say that now. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I mean, I I thought about like almost any time I've said I need to pray about that. It's like almost sinful. It's almost like I don't want to do that. So I'm trying to come up with an excuse. I wish I could that. say mine's almost. It's pretty much just sinful. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to be make myself feel better by saying almost. I've tried not to say it because I'm like, uh, and I think there is like I think there's a genuine time you can say like yes, and there's like I you know there's cases where I'm like okay like legitimately I do need to like pray about this, but the problem is like my mind's already made up. Right, and I do feel like it's really easy to just be like, uh, this is kind of just an excuse. For sure. For the record, uh, listeners, we're not endorsing that behavior. We're just saying it's a reality. If you're out there trying to raise money, if you can't be praying about it, just have low expectations. Have low expectations. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. It's. I would say, don't think that it's it's God's doing. If they come back and are like, "Hey, I don't think I'm supposed to give money to you," it's probably us. <laughs> it's probably the people. <laughs> it's not you. It's us. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I had a question, completely unrelated to the topic. And it goes right along with that. What's like your least favorite Christian phrases that get used? And it's okay if you don't have any off the top of your head. I definitely have a bunch. I maybe <laughs> have to think. But I'm like, there's so many 
little phrases we do. Well, there's one I hate that's I mostly hate it because it's unbiblical and just terrible. But like growing up, it wasn't actually my church, but other churches they'd be like, "I saved him," and I'm like, yeah, "You didn't save anybody." <laughs> that is a big problem. That's bigger than just an annoying. <laughs> that is well, it's a... really annoying and bad. It's like yeah. it's never coming from someone that's like not annoying. I think the thing that gets me is like <laughs> we have these little words that we'll use that within the Christian realm mean like one pretty specific thing, but we pretend that's not the case. And so the one I was thinking about was purity. And I'm like, basically, if someone says purity, they may mean they may be saying purity. What they mean is basically like no porn, like <laughs> no porn. <laughs> like, Whatever's going on, if purity gets mentioned, it's talking about pornography, maybe premarital sex. Uh, I've always heard it in like the premarital sex conversation. Which works, it's it's equally well there. And maybe that's why it's a useful term because it goes across both directions. <laughs> all, it breaks boundaries. But it feels like such a code word because it's like, yeah, like if someone comes up to you and they're like, yeah, like I've been wrestling with purity. <laughs> well, it's I like, it, like, I hate to, not, I don't think I've really ever been asked it, but like, it's like, are you pure? Are you being pure? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what it's, do you mean by that? I mean, I know what you mean by that, but like, no, I'm never being pure technically. Like, I'm sinful. Yeah. Yeah. Are you being pure? It's just the elaborate way of saying like, hey, you haven't been looking at porn, have you? Like, that's exactly what it is. And you haven't been looking at porn, you haven't been having premarital sex. That's well, I, my least favorite, I think one of my least favorite phrases, and it's not always bad, but I very rarely have heard the Lord put this on my heart and been enlightened afterwards <laughs> that's usually code for i have this thing that's bothering me about you that i'm just going to use the lord as a excuse to complain about <laughs> the way you phrase that i've rarely been enlightened afterwards <laughs> great. oh my gosh i Honestly, I've never had context of someone coming like saying, hey, Stephen, the Lord put this on my heart that you blah, blah, blah. Is that the context you've mostly heard it in? I don't know if I've ever had it directly, but like I've heard it in kind of like messages and just like conversations. It's not always directed to someone, but it's like the Lord put this on my heart that I really need to go buy a yacht. Like that'd be like an exaggerated example. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Lord put it on my heart that I need to take better care of myself this year and just really spend time thinking about how I can take and, better, and a better lot care of, times, of myself. Like, I've been thinking with my brain, and what I've decided is this. Yes. Yeah. It is really interesting. I'm sure Babylon B and a bunch, I'm sure a bunch of skit shows do, like, there's someone, I'm sure, done a bunch of Christian lingo list or YouTube videos somewhere. Uh huh. But yeah, there's a bunch of them, and it just kind of—I was thinking about it. I'm like, it's one of those little things that's just like, I don't know. It's funny. It's I think funny. that's why I got drawn into that Christian couple I was watching videos for because they like it's like they're just the like model. Like, if you're ever gonna make a model of like a exaggerated model of a Christian couple, that's what they were. <laughs> I was like, y'all are acting way too perfect. Like, I just want y'all to be real. Like, I'm, I'm sure like they seem like they're a great couple, but at the same time, I'm like y'all are not being honest. Like, something's got to be up here. But the biggest fight we've ever had was, like, when he accidentally peed on the floor a little bit because he didn't he pee standing up. 
And I'm like, that can't be the biggest fight you've ever had. If it is, y'all have a problem. Let's walk this. Let's talk this out a little bit. The guy didn't pee standing up. He did pee standing up and missed a little bit as she was mad because oh. he didn't notice he missed and there's a little bit of pee on the floor. Oh, okay. I'm like, if that's like the biggest crisis you've had in your relationship, y'all either aren't talking or you're lying. <laughs> Leaning towards the ladder. Because if I was doing a Christian couple blog, I'd be like, my wife and I are pretty close to perfect. Biggest fight we've had is what kind of chocolate chips we put in our cookies. Side note, Melissa and I made really good chocolate chip cookies last night. Why don't you send me some? <laughs> Over to good old in Vegas. I've only been to in Vegas like three times now. Mm. I'm in G Vegas. <laughs> G Vegas. That's what I name my first child if I have one. It's not a bad name. What up, G Vegas? Gary Vegas. <laughs> you call him G Vegas. <laughs> That's actually a pretty cool name. It sounds like a wrestler's name, Gary Vegas. Gary Vegas. Gary Vegas Hamby. <laughs> oh, G Vegas. Be good. Be very good. Um, anything else to discuss from? How the past week went, other odds and ends, thoughts, thoughts and prayers. I don't think so. I think I'm trying to postpone the actual question for today because I don't, I feel very unprepared for answering it. I put thought into it, but it's, I've just, I think it's, it's harder to answer than I thought it was going to be. I would say, here, I'll answer it for you. You ready? Yeah. I mean, I can give you a short answer, but. I'll give you a short answer. <laughs> Should there be so the question is for our listeners, what's the question Are church denominations biblical or in the case that they aren't entirely like directed by scripture, are they unbiblical? I guess that's almost the better question. In the case that they aren't entirely undirected by scripture. So I don't think the Bible ever talks about denominations. So I guess the better question is are denominations unbiblical? Yes. They are. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, so you can go and I was looking up scripture this morning. So I was like, I just, you know, Bible verses about denominations. That's side note, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you want to know my secret for gaining uh, all the wisdom out of scripture, I search Bible verses about X. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so so I, search, I search Bible verses about X, and then I say John Piper about X. I, I, I <laughs> that hits too close to home, Noah. That's don't joke about that. That hits too close to home because I was literally t- about to type in this morning. I was about to type in John Piper denominations, but I was like, Stephen, don't. <laughs> well, you're not gonna get the answer you want from him. Uh, the thing is, is I always get the answer I want from John Piper because I'm like, yes, John Piper, you put into words the things that I didn't know that I knew, but I must have known because this makes so much sense. <laughs> that's the problem. That's that's the problem um, with with me listening to John Piper. I'm like, yes, yes. And I don't even question it. <laughs> I just say yes, John Piper. So, yes. Um but yeah, I, found, I mean, I found a million pieces of scripture that talk about uh, unity in the church, and I mean, it's it's 
really clear that, in my opinion, it's really clear that unity was extremely important and is for the church. Now, here's the other question, too. Is So so we're asking this question, basically, are, is the idea of a church denomination biblical or unbiblical? I'd say it's not... It's not a biblical idea. I'd say it's a very worldly idea to try and solve issues that rise up in the church. Um, but, okay, practically, what what do we actually need to do about it? So I got like, I wouldn't say, oh, we need to go, you know, we need to go start a petition that, like, hey, guys, we're abolishing all the different denominations and we're all going to, like, I'm going to focus all my time and energy for the rest of my life and make zero traction in, like, trying to unify all the different denominations i don't think that's the best idea i don't think that idea is inherently biblical either because there is a line in the sand somewhere where you do have to break fellowship for the sake of truth Mm -hmm. like i do think there are denominations even within christian christianity that don't believe the truth on important subjects yeah not that like you should hate these people and that you shouldn't communicate and you shouldn't have at least some sense of unity but practically in like having a church together you just couldn't do it mm. like in the article like john piper article i read like the example and it, this one's not even that big of an issue but like how practically how can a church exist where half the church believes in baptism of adults that have made a personal decision and half the church believes in infant baptism like practically that's hard to function at the church when you have that ideological difference it's not because like you can't minister together and you can't share the gospel in the same way and you can't preach the preemacy of christ every sunday but still like practically how do you get like how do you it's not like you can baptize half the babies and then baptize half the adults and like fix the problem yeah what that's not a bad idea just baptize half the babies and baptize half the adults and switch so everyone has to do the other one too just do both all the time yeah every all right pro tip i actually wouldn't necessarily be against that but the babies and the adults constantly like i don't think i don't think it's sinful to like put water on a baby i just don't think it does anything well you have to bathe them yeah (laughs) (laughs) if nothing i don't think bathing a baby in front of a girl is bad i mean i think uh it's great. I, I think it's uh, my understanding, and I have zero. So uh, <laughs> my dumb, dumb idiot understanding. It, it seems pretty similar to like when we do a baby dedication. Do you guys do that in your church? Yeah. Where you come in, and you're like, we're gonna look after this baby, and everyone's gonna here is gonna like you know verbally agree that like, hey, we're gonna be involved in this baby's life and speak truth and all that good stuff. But I mean, like, I don't know. I don't think you can make any biblical argument for being like. Oh, there's motion in my driveway. I don't think you can make a biblical argument for saying like, uh, you should be baptized before you believe. Or yeah, that's just it's not in the Bible. So yeah, I agree. I I agree that even inside. Well, that's the other thing though. Is like. Do you let that? Would you say, "Oh, we need to have a denomination split over that"? I don't. Think no, so. I don't think that's necessarily the answer. So, like, so, like, I guess what matters is truth. It doesn't matter what name you put behind it. I think, like, kind of what I go by is like, I'm gonna go to the church in my immediate area that I believe tr- teaches the truth. And I'm not saying there's not multiple churches in the area that teach the truth. Um, yeah. But, and if that church happens to have a name on it, that's okay. I think that's the 
because if if we're being honest, like I mm-hmm. like um most non denominational most non denominational <laughs> non denominational churches yeah. came from one of the backgrounds and still hold to ninety nine percent of the teachings of that background. So it's really just a like I almost every non denominational church that I know of is either Baptist background or like um Methodist. That and that's basically ours is non denominational. It's like, oh, what? Like when you go in and you're doing your like membership, you're like, well, what denomination are you guys, by the way? Like, well, we're non denominational. Remember of the Baptist Convention. <laughs> yeah, like that's, or most, I mean, the thing now, especially in the Southern Baptist Convention, is you don't have Baptist in the name, but you're still in the Southern Baptist Convention, and like 90% of the church doesn't know it. Yeah, I think that's exactly the situation my church is in right now. Which is fine. I mean, like, it's because you go and you're like, hey, what do you believe? And you're like, yep, that's it. And you don't check against, here's what I believe. You check it against what does scripture say? You're like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, and I think, like, it's just me honest. I don't think you should, like, sugarcoat what your church believes to, for the sake of unity. Like, I believe truth. If people don't want to believe, if don't people don't want to believe that, then that's okay. Obviously, be no loving one, how you deliver no, it and be loving no one people gets disagree excited. with it. No one gets excited and wants to believe that people go to hell, right? Yeah. That's a fun thing to believe, but, uh, you know, that's truth, right? Would be an example. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of hard issues, and I don't think that you should – It's I mean, it comes down to, like, cooperation. So, like, an example, I said, like, I don't think you can have a church that functions super well that half the church believes in infant baptism and half the church believes in adults. But I do think, like, churches that hold those positions could very easily, like, work together to share the gospel. It's so like go on mm-hmm. mission trips together, coordinated together, like support each other financially, potentially. Like that's very doable. But I don't, and I think that's something that the church has been bad about. Like I, I, at least in the environment I grew up in, it was pretty much we don't work together unless we agree on everything. We don't work together. Yeah, I got you. I think it's, I, mean, I think in general churches are getting better about having fellowship with a wide variety of theological positions, as long as it's not taking away from. I mean, that's the hard part, because it's like, if if the Bible's true, then truth always matters, but you also don't want to, mm-hmm. like, draw stupid lines in the sand where it's like, no one really knows. Like, this is a pretty gray area that... See what I'm saying? Well, 10 different people could read the Bible and have 10 different interpretations, right? Yeah. And there's certain interpretations that are, sorry, you're, you're off the... Uh, you're outside of truth. I mean, and it's, and it's just, you know, relatively clear. You're outside of truth and it distracts from like the gospel. Yeah. But even if you're outside of truth, like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example in my, all right. So I think you've got a good point where the, the, the status should be, all right. If you're a little bit operating outside we should still be working with you. Like the church should still maintain unity as long as there's basically like, do you believe in the one, all the really core, I don't know, whatever the core uh, apostles creed kind of stuff is right. Like the basics, right. Baptism, Holy spirit, Jesus Christ, son of God, sinless life, died on a cross, rose again, all that kind of key stuff. If you believe that we should be ready to work together in my opinion. 
Yeah, it's just hard because I don't think the Bible draws draws a line in the sand with like where that line is. In ter- yeah, in terms of like what are the core things, it definitely doesn't. I think it definitely presents enough. There's enough positions in the script given by scripture that there is a line somewhere. It's just no, like Jesus and the apostles were never like, and you should not work together if you don't believe this. Like that's never yeah. Anywhere. Uh, yeah, and that brings up a great point. So if you look at scripture, the, the the theme that I always see, if you look up, you know, Bible verses about denominations, if you Google that, let's say someone did that, the the results are uh, nearly universally urging unity above anything else. But there are there are verses that say if someone's teaching false doctrine in the church, um, get rid of him. I mean, we'd like to ignore those passages, but so I've 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 trust you that that's in there do you have that verse i'll pull it up it's talking about the gospel in that situation so it's like if someone preaches the gospel that's not of us um let him be a curse or something i'll look it up So it says, but if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be again. I God's say, grace. he repeats it. I read that one too. Again, I say, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one we brought, to you, yeah. Also, do you appreciate me I quoting do. stuff in King James? Also, it doesn't say, oh, it's not bad. It says, let this be uh, a curse. I think that would um, be fall pretty well under <laughs> i don't know what i don't know what a curse it means but it doesn't sound good <laughs> you're, you're, i'm with you there and and so that would be uh, is that in current that's about that's about the gospel so I, that's not like if someone believes right. slightly different on baptism that's if someone goes and is like no i met this other guy who died for our sins yeah or right <laughs> There are po- there are passages. There's the passage I can find it where um, the disciples are mad at. Je- they go to Jesus like this guy's preaching, and we don't know who he is. And Jesus is like, "Is he speaking the truth?" And they're like, "Yeah." yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Let him go. Yeah. If like, he's not against us, it. he's for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think, another. I would say, I would say, the vast majority of relevant scripture to this issue urge towards unity. <laughs> Not above all, not above yes. peace, but unity. Yeah. I think basically, I think the the takeaway I would have is if you looked at which direction do we need to go? Do we need to focus more on unity or more on making sure that we're not accidentally okay with essentially falsehood? I would say we need to push more towards unity right now. And just because yeah. I think that was the same situation that they were in when Paul was writing to like the Corinthians there, the, the Corinthians were literally like, Oh, you were baptized by Apollo. I was baptized by, by Paul. And Paul, Paul's like, I'm so glad I only baptized so-and-so because this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one of the passages. I'm like, bring that's up. hilarious. Um, and I think that's, that's a good example. I think human beings, we, we love disunity and factions. And uh, I think we err towards that side of things. And I think Paul's saying, look, you need to you need to pull towards the other direction as believers. We should be different from the world in that we should be uh, unified. And so my opinion would be 
uh, even if someone is if someone's inside the church and they it's not a salvation level issue. I mean, tag team with them, team up. You know, you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to teach it. You can say I don't agree with this, but uh, if if they follow Christ, I, I mean, go team, right? But I don't know too. Yeah. I can also see argument for wow, where do you draw the line? I don't know. I mean, I think that's something like you're. I don't think your gut reaction should be. First of all, you should not be seeking mm. to find disagreements. Like if you talk to someone long enough, like you're gonna yeah. find a position that you disagree with. And that's not useful. Like, yes, you're going to disagree on something. Don't try to have disagreements. Like, yes, don't fight for the truth. Stay true to the truth. And stay true to, like, obviously in the gray areas, your conscience is going to lean you one direction or another. And stay loyal to your conscience. But also don't just get rid of people that aren't perfectly in line. Let me ask you this. What, What small issue inside of Scripture or inside of the church... What do you think you've gotten wrong <laughs> right now? What do you think by the end when we when we go to heaven, right? If we if God's willing to allow us in there, we go ask questions about well, what do we get right? We, you know, what do we believe? What do we not? What, about what's going to be the little issue? Hopefully, the little issue that you got incorrect. I mean, I have no. I take no positions on like mm. end times. Because I feel like there's absolutely no can't way get it wrong know. if you don't make a guess. Like all the times I hear, because every time someone gives like a message about one side or the other, I'm like, yeah, you, your explanation of that does not make sense on either side. Like I see where you're coming from a little bit, but like it's not, it's, it's not clear. It's like when people present it, they're like, there's definitely like a, I guess the positions are we're either in the millennial now, we're in the millennial rank now, or we're people believe in a rapture and then like a tribulation period and all that stuff. I'm like, I don't see it either way. Really. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm like, I don't see a rapture and I don't see that we're in a thousand years now. I do have a position. Like if I had to take one, if I had to take one, I would say I believe in a, the rapture and then the what, tribulation. Just based off that caught up in the cloud not. verse. Come on. Give me something real. And once well, I said I don't want to take a position, position, and then let me tell you this, Noah: we can no longer work together on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> See, perfect example of what not to yeah. do. <laughs> well, like my church growing up would break fellowship. Or they, they'd call it break fellowship. They would break fellowship with churches really? in that position. Yeah, that yeah. just seems extreme. And like, I don't, like it really doesn't affect your ministry at all. Like, unless I mean, you start preaching, unless you're like, we're, we just only preach Revelation. And the other thing is, it certainly shouldn't affect how anyone lives their life. <laughs> no, like, it doesn't affect how that's, you live your that's life. That's a good or, example I really shouldn't. of a minor issue. Like, the only thing I can see it affecting your life is you taking pride and you getting to skip the tribulation, which seems kind of yeah, well, just the dumb other thing in general. Is, I'm like, okay, the Holy Spirit. He, he will guide us into all truth, right? And at the same time, I think that there's a lot of things in Scripture. Revelation is a perfect example where, I don't know, I haven't been guided into perfect truth yet, you know? I haven't been like, yes, I feel an extreme affirmation that, yes, there's a or yes, or excuse me, yes, there is a... Because, I mean, like, it, it really leaves it open to interpretation a little bit, you know? 
And I think that's by design. Like, I don't think God in Christ just designed the scripture to, like, get us called yes. up on things that don't Ooh, matter. That's good. So, like, I think there's some gray areas and areas where it's like, you really mm-hmm. don't need to put that much thought into this. Heck, man. Read Genesis. I mean, it's it just takes leaps and bounds. Literally, the I think, uh, so I've been reading it, and it's like, the, it skips genealogies. It's like, uh, this person went here, and then it goes and captures those genealogies, some of them, in Chronicles. But I mean, like it's it uh, it basically like the word I think for for ancestor in the genealogies in Genesis, and I could be wrong. Y'all fact check me on this, listeners. But uh, basically, just means like uh, ancestor. It could be like directly father or ancestor, so and so. And so, if you go and look at the uh, genealogies listed in Chronicles, it lists additional uh, people inside. It fleshes out the genealogy a little bit more, and it's like there's so many things. In and Genesis is what I've been reading, so that's my thing. I think that's where it just leaves massive, massive gaps for things that don't matter, apparently, right? Because they weren't included. Um, there's so many questions that it leaves. Why was there a talking serpent in the garden, right? Doesn't ever answer that question ever, like, never <laughs> addresses it. And so it's like, it doesn't matter, don't worry about it, okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good scene. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, good job, dude. <laughs> I just read the Genesis so many times in the last year. <laughs> I think I can tell you about every contradiction, so-called contradiction <laughs> in Genesis. Um, okay, let me ask you a question about Genesis since we're on the subject. Uh, when God curses the serpent, Cursed are you above all the beasts of the field. You'll crawl on your belly your whole life and you'll eat dust. And I'll put enmity between your offspring and between the woman's offspring. Uh, and then it says, I think it's, he will crush your head, but you will bruise his heel. Is that an allusion to Christ? Okay. Yes. Like, he didn't. So the serpent, like, to Satan through Christ being on the cross. Christ being on the cross took the punishment of sin mm-hmm. through Satan in hell and he was tormented in hell by Satan for three days and then but he's only bruised because he ultimately came above death. But like at the end at the end of Revelation <laughs> um, like Satan's going to be done. Like God's going to take over all power and Satan's going to have zero power anymore. And Tormented so in hell for three days. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I haven't, but I didn't for a long time. But I definitely think it is. Mm. Oh yeah, because doesn't Paul talk about that? What does it mean? He says he is. Yeah, he's like you're in depth of hell or something. Lower depths. Yeah, I think it's in Isaiah too. One second, I'm doing my gamey research. <laughs> Uh, Ephesians 4, 8 through 16, while you're pulling that up. Uh, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. And in parentheses, in saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Okay, so the earth. Uh, so, sorry, never mind. I don't think that lines up with what I was thinking. 
Well, it's in the Apostles' Creed, so you better really? be okay with it. Yeah. I'm pulling it up. Said so he's he was he, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. Well. Okay. I better work on that. I better work on my doctrine. So, do you have it in Isaiah? Just someone to, tell uh, me where it is in Scripture. I want to believe. I'm finding it. It's not going tell as well as I thought Tell me who he is so I can believe in him. <laughs> Ephesians 4 9. Let me look at it. That's what someone just said is a good reference. I, I don't know what that is. FYI. Yeah, it was. And it's talking about descending into Earth. Sorry, yo. Because it says Earth. Yeah, and that's where a lot of people believe hell is. Is in the center of the Earth. What? (laughs) There's some weird... I'm not saying it's true, but that's definitely a position. That's a position, yes. That's a widely held position. Really? Yes. I'm not saying I hold it. I'm just saying it's held. Well, let's do sonar. Let's drill. What are we doing? We could drill down in there, Noah. I mean, what does that mean? So what is, if you, it's not hell or a place of torment, like what is this descent to the lower parts of the earth? Like did Jesus just dig a hole while he was dead? No. So that doesn't make sense. that when saying he ascended on high... What does it mean that he also descended into the lower regions? That he came down from heaven to earth. Is what I've always read that as. First Peter 3. We'll go there too. Oh, this is turning into a new question. Did Jesus descend to hell? That would, that would be a good question. Yeah, because the way I always read that was that what does that mean if it says that he ascended, but that he must have also descended in that he was originally seated in heaven with God and came down. Well, that's what it says. (laughs) He doesn't tell he descended to hell. He descended to earth. I hate... I mean, it makes sense logically to me because Jesus took the punishment that we were supposed to have, which includes hell. Yeah. So, so, I mean, then Jesus didn't pay our price through his death. Uh, but it was through. It was. It By was taking the, our punishment. The wrath of God poured out in the turning away while he was on the cross. Okay, slightly more relevant verse. Matthew twelve forty. For as Jonah was in the belly of of the huge fist three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days. I.e., he will be buried for three days and three nights. Next question. Well, he wasn't buried in a cave. Yeah, that's the heart of the earth. Versus either that or hell's inside the middle of the earth. Which I think if we're going that route, (laughs) we really need to like we need to dig physically, not scripturally. We need to physically (laughs) dig and verify. That would be terrifying. Which one did you say that was? Mark three. 
Oh, that was Matthew twelve forty. I mean, I think that's a lot of people's position because they're always like, not a lot. This, I'm not saying a lot of people in like that know what they're talking about, but like a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about probably are like, that's why we've never been able to dig to the center of the earth. That's a really good point. Honestly, it's kind of a cool conspiracy theory. Uh, I mean, I think it's a conspiracy so, theory more than true. You know what we'll do? John Pipe, Jesus, Boring Company. Hell. Okay, Christ this is even better. We're getting even closer. So Romans, Romans 10, 6 through 7. But the righteousness that comes from faith speaks like this. Do not say in your heart, who will go up to heaven? That is, to bring Christ down. Or who will go down into the abyss? That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. So what's the uh, abyss? Sh- oh, is that a cave too? Now, wait, wait. What was that? Romans? Romans 10, 6 and 7. Also, I always I might be saying Sheol when it sh- I should be saying Sheol, not Hell, because I don't really understand the difference. I know there is a All difference. Right, so, sorry, you said Romans. And... Ten, six through seven. Okay. This one's kind of unclear, but it For does Moses talk about writes about the righteousness that is based on the law. That the person who does the commandments shall live by them, but the righteousness based on faith says, "Do not say in your heart who will ascend it." That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near. I don't really get what that verse is saying, to be honest with you. Me either, but it's also not the abyss. <laughs> it says Jesus in the abyss, so roast it. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got a John Piper. Did Christ ever descend to hell? I want the short answer. I think John Piper. I think John Piper oh my can gosh. give you the answer you don't want. Oh my gosh! Are you ready? For I'm this? not enough sure. Here's I'm last, pretty sure I thought I was thinking about here's this. Here's the last two paragraphs. So my conclusion is that there is no textual basis for believing that Christ descended into hell. In fact, he said to the thief on the cross, "Today you will be with me in paradise." That's the only clue we have as to what Jesus was doing between death and resurrection. He said, "Today, this Friday afternoon, after we're both dead, you and I will be in paradise together." I don't think the thief went to hell and that hell is called paradise. I think he went to heaven and that Jesus was there. <laughs> Listen to this. So I don't say that phrase, he descended into hell when I recite the Apostles' Creed. But study it for yourself and see whether you think there are other foundations for it. Ask for me that. I think you're right. I think you kind of just changed my I'm position on this. This is great. John Piper is basically, that's the ultimate. So we should just stop saying Apostles' Creed. what John Piper does. WWJP. All of it. What would John Piper do? Uh, okay, so he does reference, he does talk about Ephesians 4 9. The other text is 1 Peter 3 18 through 20, where it says that Christ went to speak to the spirits who are now in bondage. Oh. And when people were alive, they didn't know this Christ spoke to them. Anyways, that's a great discussion, though. Wow. Checkmate, Apollo's, Apostles' Creed. Yeah, that's not, not Apollo Creed. We're done. It's either we believe the Bible or you believe the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> I've never been to a church that, like, says the Apostles' Creed. I've been to services, but I've never, like, we, actively went to a church. Service, we march around in a circle and chant it. The, I, I do, it's more mm, of a Methodist gotcha. thing, I think. Okay. Like, the message is say it every service. Do they really? I'll yeah. ask Melissa about that. She went to a Methodist church. 
or the Methodist Church of yeah, I've been to so, say it every time. Not so certain now, is he? <laughs> I've been to two, so I'm, I'm two for two. But, but yeah, hmm. interesting. So, where did we land on the nominations? We're probably always going to have them. Uh, choose love and unity over strife and conflict, but that's to stand it. up for Nailed the truth. It. I think that's perfect. And where did we land on did Christ descend into hell? All right. Probably not. Checkmate. And that's one of those things that's like, also, does that matter that much? Like, not. Well, see, the thing is, is I'm like, there's a lot of things that matter in terms of for God's plan, how he accomplished redemption. But there's mechanics behind it that I will never understand without God very clearly explaining to me over an eternity, probably. Uh, and so for me, no, it doesn't matter. And for you, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, it ultimately comes down to, I think, trusting that uh, God is who he says he is and did what he said he did. So You didn't answer. I think we answered. You never answered the um, what what is going to surprise. What are you going to be surprised oh, oh, wrong oh, about oh. having? Uh, what do I think? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. I would say, well, just after reading Genesis, I'm like, I could be wrong about this. Because yesterday I was talking to Melissa and I was like, I don't know about if if this serpent discussion where it talks about the bruising the heel and stomping down, crushing the head. I'm like, I don't know if that's talking about Jesus or not. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, it probably is. But I always just assumed it was literally a physical enmity between people and snakes, and maybe that. But they're the his. Like it's talking about. It's talking about some. It's talking about God there. Well, what do you mean? I thought the his. Let me look. What pattern? Uh, Genesis three. I used to have Genesis three memorized. Just FYI. It's the end of Genesis because she's already sinned. Yeah, but Genesis goes on for far beyond the garden. Yeah. It's like Genesis 3.18-ish is my guess. Um, That's my prediction. I'm not there yet. You said early Genesis 3. I just said early Genesis. Uh, Well, I called Genesis 3.18, and I'm not going to lie. I was there. I'm going to ask you so you don't look smart. That's what I'm going to start doing after each one. I used to have this memorized. And I'm going to put in, like, sound bites of you going, what? (laughs) Huh? And me just explaining everything to you. <laughs> Discuss. So, what's it say? I will put is that, it's oh. um three fifteen. If I was not quite there, but I'll put hostility between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. Um. So. So. That's what the the commentary I was reading was like. Yeah, that's talking about Jesus. And I was like, okay, because it's like mine says either. So my commentary says this could be. So Hebrews two fourteen, I think, is a New Testament mm-hmm. reference to that passage. And I think that might be. Why oh, does it have a New that. Testament reference to that passage? Go there, I'm going baby. there. It's my Hebrews Bible reference. Two fifteen. Two fourteen. Fourteen. I said to think about where he is. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. 
that didn't seem that he defeated Satan basically. I'm like, okay, yeah, I mean, I agree. First John 3 8, the other one they reference. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Okay, so I think what these references are saying is not necessarily like, yes, Jesus is just stepping on the head of the serpent, but he's destroying the devil. Which... I think all that this verse is saying is yeah. that Satan's going to be defeated, and he'll have a he'll have a period of time where he's able to inflict suffering upon people, including Jesus, because yeah. obviously Jesus suffered on the cross, but ultimately Satan will be. Uh... I don't think it matters if that his is yeah. Jesus or And to answer your question, I think it's both. Which one am I going to be wrong about? That whichever one I decide, and I haven't decided yet how I feel about that specific scripture, if it's talking about Christ or if it's literally talking about people and snakes. But that's the one I'm going to get wrong. <laughs> I really don't like snakes. I've been crushing their heads, life. but they keep bruising my heel. <laughs> I think it's like, we're going to crush Satan's going to, this is not actually, I think this is a proposition. So I think it's like, we're going to crush his head our, so hard foot, that like our foot mm, is going to get like bruised. That, actually. Like Jesus is going to come and say, he's going to be defeated so hard that it's not even, it's not like, <laughs> I, I didn't just kind of step on his head. I stomped well, on his head until my foot because, was bruised. Uh, when you physically picture it, that's what would actually make the most sense is that, but he will bruise our heel, like in the process of defeating him. We'll hurt ourselves almost. It almost, uh, I don't know. New take, hot, hashtag hey, Stephen, Stephen and Noah, yeah, new take on scripture. Good, uh, good, like... No one's thought of this yeah. in the last 2,000 years. <laughs> also, sorry for hashtag overruling the Apostles' Creed. <laughs> yeah, we just demolished the Apostles' Creed in our podcast. I feel like that's an Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Let's check. Nope. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I always feel weird, like, reciting even verses, but especially not verses like the Apostles' Creed and other things like that in church. I was like, I feel very, like... Culty? I feel culty when yeah. that happens. To be honest with you. Not wrong. I'm not saying you are no, cult, well, but I always feel a little... Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, I, don't, I don't believe it is at all. If it's scripturally sound, but I always feel nervous. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, this feels weird, you know. I think that's more of a thing on my end than anywhere else. Got another yeah, Stephen problem. I got plenty of them. They're a dime a dozen. Man, but I'm excited to go consume some media today. I know. I'm ready to get off this and just turn <laughs> on so Joe really Rogan. Joe Rogan. Shout out Joe for our audience members. Joe, uh, big fan. Uh, no over here so i mean like that's just might as well be listening to it i don't care why you watch it uh, i mostly no. do listen to it most of my media is not watched well you need to start consuming with your eyes because they're the windows of the soul i set no wicked thing before my eyes <laughs> can we start I only doing listen to we it quote, like those scriptures we need to do it in a southern accent i will set no wickedness before my Oh my word! So I this I thought of you and like died laughing last night. So we watch in our deep dive watching stupid videos from that couple. They have a they have a video where they um there's this Bible store in Georgia that has a Bible that leaks anointing what? oil. 
accidentally? Supposedly, or I, don't, I think it's a hoax. I think this guy dips his Bible in oil every day and then should pay, has people pay to come look at this anointing oil, this leaking Bible. <laughs> Bible. I was just thinking, I was like, my Bible's got a leak. My Bible's got an oil leak. I need to get that thing plugged. Heck, how many miles you got on it? My Bible's done got 400,000 miles. It'll oil, oil boils at 212. That, that Bible's leaking like a sieve. <laughs> I just died, that's, and Brennan did not get I it. Think I was like, Stephen won't get it. I love it. Uh, okay, I have another another question for you. So, uh, t- tell me if tell me if I'm wrong. I guess so. In in our um, <laughs> in our sermon uh, on Palm Sunday, our pastor was talking about essentially using your wealth to share. Uh, you know be a blessing to your neighbors and people during the coronavirus stuff, right? And so I said, I've got a really cool idea. Money. I'll send a gift to uh, my small group. And so I sent a gift from the Chappelle show of Dave Chappelle wearing uh, this golden crown and like clutching cash to himself with like this fear. <laughs> I saw it. Okay, yeah. No one commented. I wanted to like it so bad. Please, no one knows who I, I am. I was desperately just like, someone like this. And I was like, no one said a word. Was that wrong? <laughs> Tell me. I don't think wrong? so. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> but your small group seems mildly up But I, I I don't think they are, though. They're always posting silly stuff. I thought. I... But that's like, it that's is. against scripture. That... I don't think people like the uh, anti-scripture uh, jokes. They don't go over. They don't. They don't have too you. much crowd appeal. <laughs> they appeal with me because I'm sinful. But okay, that's what I thought. Well, and, and I that's relate. The thing that I guess I was trying to highlight was, the, I was like, yes, this is not true to scripture, but Stephen Hamby is not. I am not sinless, right? And that's what I was highlighting. But I thought it was hilarious, but no one else liked it. Okay, I love it. It's also, I thought you were talking about Joel Osteen. I was like very confused. Oh. I was like, who's Joel? <laughs> that, that makes sense now. <laughs> that would be even better, Joel. I also thought it was random because I didn't, I don't listen to all his messages. I was like, it's, why did random Steven just randomly be like, I, I want to keep all my money? <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, if nothing else. That's all I ask. Your what did it go over? Nonsense. It went over like a turd in a punch bowl. <laughs> I bombed you bombed. There. Joe knows that's Joe Rogan would say. <laughs> but yeah. Um so what are we talking about next week? Let's look at the list. Fired up. I think we kind of covered Unity today, so we can probably take that off the list. Yeah, that's plenty of talk about Unity. Oh, 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 oh. It's time for today's daily segment. <laughs> What uh, what's your least scriptural uh, worship song you're listening to? Surprisingly, like I found like the playlist I found is like nice. Pretty That's good, good call. But I can't tell you what it's called because I, I don't like what it's you called. don't like what it's called. It's called refer- re- reformed worship songs, and I don't 
consider myself reformed inherently. So. It's called but. scriptural sound theological worship music <laughs> for the modern man. <laughs> it's great. Uh, well, that's good. It sounds like it's uh, maybe you adopting this reformed theology. You just don't know it. I'm reformed-ish. Um, I can't remember what reformed means, so don't worry about it. Um, I was listening to so first of all, this is actually good because I feel like I can actually participate in this discussion uh, because I actually listened to worship music this week because I had nothing nothing else I was listening to. Um, I'll tell you this song I was absolutely jamming on. I think it's Hillsong United. So will I. It's out. Oh yeah, my church in Tennessee played that all the time. They changed <laughs> really? the lyrics though. <laughs> yeah. So when I listened to the real song, I heard them do it before I heard the real song. When I hear I the real song, I'm like, that's not the right words, is it? I'm I like, oh, this the is the original. Prediction of one set was when he says, uh, he talks about basically like, uh, in an instant, like a million billion creatures all caught your breath, like came alive. And then it says, evolving in pursuit of who you are. I was like, Hillsong, you just had to sink that little evolution reference in there, didn't you? <laughs> That was the one part where I was like, ah. I didn't really process. I think I didn't process as well. well that's what I, they're trying to say. Not, maybe it's not. But, uh, and I, I don't have anything against evolution. That's a perfect example of one that I'm like, uh, that should absolutely not change. You know, that shouldn't be something to break fellowship over. Uh, as you mentioned, like, absolutely not. And that's one I could be like, I could see myself totally being wrong on. You know, that's another that's a perfect example. Uh, but I'm yeah. like, oh, interesting. Uh, I just thought it was funny that they included it in there. I'm like, Hillsong, are you just trying to brainwash me to believe in that evolution? Oh, <laughs> but so did your church change it when they in Tennessee? I'd have to look, but they they changed the words to a lot of songs. It all <laughs> drives me bananas like... when churches do that. I'm like, let me sing the music, the lyrics that I know, so I can actually sing it. Let me sing these unscriptural yes, lyrics so I know what I'm saying. Sing something as unscriptural as the as the Apostles' Creed. So did you uh, have one? That, that was biblical? the only thing. Was the involving in pursuit of who you are was the only part uh, that I was like oh, could be unbiblical. I think that's talking about you evolving. I don't think it's talking about. But it's talking about evolving. animals. Per- evolving in the pursuit of who Jesus is. Oh wait, or maybe of what you said, or something like that. I- John Piper, I'm sure there's a discussion on it. I'll look up John Piper. So, yeah. <laughs> so why? But I love the song. I it's a great song. I, I, it, it's, it's my favorite worship song at the moment. So so in terms of a very unbiblical one, I don't think I heard any that I was like, oh, that's, that's not sound. Um, I tried to. You know what? I tried to find fault everywhere so I can include it in this discussion, but I couldn't find any. Do you have a um, Ooh, challenge for the All week? right, so we discussed unity. We discussed denominations. We also discussed Genesis and <laughs> the serpent uh, and media consumption. So we've had a lot of a wide ranging good discussion. Uh, I don't have a challenge. I, I I chose a challenge last week, didn't I? So you choose a challenge, yeah. this week, and if you say no media, uh, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to think of something a little yeah, less erratic than last week's. We don't want to be like radical believers who change our lives. 
So, so I get okay. I no, I this is slightly that. radical, but not that radical. Something I've never done and probably should do is fast for an oh. entire day. You've never done that? No, I've always said I was going to do it, and then I get to lunch. I'm like, I'm going to have some like chicken broth, and then I just eat like everything. <laughs> you get to lunch? Yeah, I've never. That's it's good. never made so, it very far. It's really interesting. So fasting, I think, would be a great one to talk about next week if you wanted to for our next topic. Well, well that's what's perfect. We talk about it. Then we can talk about it. Just you, though, since you. So my plan is on Monday, probably, because okay. I don't run. Yeah, on I Monday. think that'd be great. Whatever, whatever day you want to do it, spend, and it doesn't even have to be whatever day and whatever time that you feel led. That you feel led. That's a good. I feel like I feel like fasting between twelve a.m. and uh, nine a.m. <laughs> on Monday. It's been on my heart. I just feel like I'm. The Lord put it on my heart. I just really need a fast. Where I'm I call it intermittent fasting. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that'd be a great one and a great one to talk about. So that'd be cool. The other thing about fasting, the interesting thing is like I I always want to be so careful because I'm like it's so clear uh in scripture like same with prayer not to make it into a show and so uh for our listeners out there we suck and uh we suck at fasting we're gonna do a horrible job and it's not about making a show of oh my gosh look how righteous Noah and I are because you haven't picked up on it yet we are extremely unrighteous and I've been 24 years without doing he made this, it to so lunch I kind of sucks <laughs> it's bad. Like I literally would make it to lunch and be like, "Yeah, it's not." I'd be like, "I got yeah, to run tomorrow." Yeah, good, good little twenty-four hour fast. Nothing fancy. I've usually in the past, by the way, uh, I've done. I lost you. You went away. everyone thanks again for joining with us this morning Uh, i hope that you'll join us again next week as we discuss fasting uh, and Noah and i will discuss uh, our weekly challenge of going through and fasting uh, just for 24 hours so a little bit easier than the media fast potentially uh, but find out next week to see how that goes thanks for joining Thank you.